0: this morning we shall be considering verses 12 and 13 of Ephesians chapter 4 But before that I will read the chapter pray and then uh, we shall focus our attention on those verses Ephesians chapter 4 I therefore a prisoner for the Lord urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness that he might feel all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of with which it is equipped when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Now this I say, and I testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come to you this morning to your word, and we ask that you may Shine forth your light to your heart, to our hearts, so that as your word is preached, we may be illumined. Grant us your revelation of your truth. We acknowledge indeed that this the preaching of your word is futile without the operation of the Holy Spirit in the hearts of your people. We pray that this word may reach our hearts, that your truth may establish us. We pray that your word, that we might hear the voice of one true shepherd, Jesus Christ, who leads us. And we pray that he may lead us indeed into your truth as your word is proclaimed this morning. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week we were considering the ministry gifts that the Lord Jesus Christ has given to his church <clears throat> Paul tells us that when Christ descended, he also ascended and he gave gifts to his church. We saw that this list is divided into two categories. We saw that in verse 11 and he gave gifts, uh, sorry, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. He gave, Jesus gave these gifts. And we categorized these two uh, groups into temporary extraordinary gifts on the one hand well on the other hand we have ordinary permanent gifts we saw that the offices of we saw what the offices of apostles prophets evangelists and pastors entail so the shepherd and teachers there is one office Paul is referring to one office, but it has twofold purposes. The work of the pastor is pastoring, that is shepherding, and the work of the pastor is teaching. Every pastor must be able to teach. He is also the custodian of the souls of men. He is the overseer. He watches watches over the souls of the sheep as one who will give an account before God. So he is concerned about the spiritual welfare of these people and having considered the precise nature of these ministry gifts i want to con- i want you to consider this morning the purpose of these ministry gifts why does the lord give us these gifts the sermon is titled the purpose of christ's gifts to the church what is the reason why the lord gives men who are equipped with these gifts to the church and the first reason is is in the first part of verse 12 the first reason is to equip the saints for the work of service that we see at the beginning of verse 12 god gives christ gives this gifts to the church for the equipping of the saints for the work of service and then secondly for the building up the body of Christ. The second part of verse 12. For the building up the body of Christ. And then the third reason is Christian maturity. That is that we find in verse 13. Christian maturity or spiritual maturity. That is the reason why, the three reasons why Christ gives this gives to the church. And the first let's look at the first reason verse 12 and from verse 11 and he gave the apostles the prophets the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry all pastors are called to do the work of God and the first thing they ought to ask themselves is, am I useful in Christ's church? Am I the instrument God has called me to be? Because Christ has given pastors to the church to equip the body for what purpose? So that the saints can be well prepared, can be well furnished for the work of ministry. And so it is not a few people who have ministry gifts, but it is the body corporate. The whole body of Christ is endowed with gifts. Look at verse 16 of chapter four, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working, Properly makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So he's saying that we are the whole body of Christ in verse 16, and we are joined and held together by every joint, by everyone. And when everyone is equipped, when each part is working properly, what happens to the church? the church grows the church is built up in love and so this grace ministry gift is given to each individual and each individual is contributing for the good of the whole body of Christ and so the work of the pastor is to equip the saints for the work of ministry the word equipping here means preparation it is a word that has to do with training discipline equipping means to furnish it is to supply that which is lacking, to make someone sufficient and to something God has given these teaching gifts to equip the saints for the work of ministry so the work of the ministry is not only for the pastor every single member of the body of christ has a ministry to exercise every christian has has received a grace gift from the ascended lord and so the work of the local church is to mobilize you to do the work of service to do the work of ministry even though the church of christ should do evangelism should do missions to visit the needy but the primary work of the church given here for pastors is to equip the saints grace has already been given as we see in verse 7 but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ each one of you has been endowed with Christ's gift and so you may be asking yourself how is the church equipped then through pastors and teachers how is this how is this goal attained how is this purpose fulfilled the first part is through the ministry of the word the first reason is through the ministry of the word the preaching and the teaching of the whole council of God is geared towards equipping the saints for the work of ministry the proclamation of the gospel is designed to equip you the goal of teaching and preaching is that god will use the word to equip his church second timothy three sixteen and 17 all scripture is breathed out by god and profitable for teaching for reproof for correction and for training in righteousness that the man of god may be complete Equipped for every good work. You see, the word of God is for teaching. It's for reproof. It's for correction. It is for training you in righteousness. So that you may be complete. You may be equipped for every good work. You see, the word of God is designed to correct you. It is designed to supply that which is lacking in you. The word of God is to furnish you. That is the purpose of it. And so, it is through the ministry of the word that the flock of Christ is fed. That the sheep of God is rebuked, encouraged, admonished, it is through the ministry of the word that the ship of god is protected because the word of god is the sword of the spirit it's through the word of god that the church is led with jesus christ as the head of the church and so he's given us instruction on how to lead his church because his truth is found in the word and so the focus of the ministry of the pastor. Is the saints. It is the equipping of the saints. That is the first and the primary focus of the pastor in the church. And God has laid these gifts on us so that we might proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And so there is a perfecting going on as the word of God is preached. There is a growth process that should be happening as the gospel is proclaimed. And so the pastor's opinion will not equip anyone. His jokes will not equip anyone. His stories will not equip anyone. It is only the word of God that can attain this goal of equipping the saints for the work of service. Let me say also that as the word of God is preached, it is not the pastor gives growth it is God who does the equipping it is God who takes his word that is proclaimed and grants growth in the hearts of his people so God is at work through Jesus Christ equipping the people God's people equipping the saints and producing in them that which is pleasing in his own sight and then secondly this goal is attained not only through the ministry of the word, but also through pastoral ministry. This goal is also attained through pastoral ministry. We are talking here about leading, guiding, counselling, discipleship, discipline, protecting, preparing, and equipping the saints. And so Christ has given TRBC, pastors, elders, overseers, and teachers, in order to equip you Equip you for what? Certainly it is to equip you for holiness, for obedience, for marriage, for courtship, for parenting. But ultimately, it is the work of service. Jesus Christ has given the church elders to prepare and to equip his people for the work of ministry. Notice as well, the word there, work. Christianity is a religion of work. But we have to distinguish that it is not a religion of work righteousness. It is a religion of grace works. Grace will always come first, but work will follow. The work that we do has no merit. It's only the work of Christ on the cross on our behalf... Are we imputed with that righteousness? Are we empowered by that grace unto good works? And so, saints, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Paul tells the Thessalonians in First Thessalonians 1, 2, and 3, we give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul is telling the Thessalonians that there are th- three things that I remember when I think about you. Your work of faith, your labor of love, your steadfastness of hope james says so also faith by itself if it does not have works is dead if you claim today that you're a believer there's hardly any fruit you have to question yourself whether you have genuine faith because genuine saving faith is always accompanied by works Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. When Christ redeemed you, he redeemed you to do good works. And When you read your Bible, you realize that it is absolutely filled with good works. And so Christianity is a religion of good works. You are saved for good works. And so you're equipped through the ministry of the word, through pastoral ministry for work of service. The idea of service here is the idea of a lowly kind of work. It's the idea of serving tables. It's The idea of giving assistance to menial and humble work. You have to see here that there's a chain reaction that when Jesus gives these gifts to shepherds and teachers, these gifts are dispensed and the saints are equipped for good work of service. And so the ministry is like food that fuels your activity. You are not only saved from darkness to light, the highest goal of your Salvation is for you to worship, for you to serve Him, and so you're taken from self-serving and you're given a heart that is motivated to love and to serve others, and this work is motivated by the sovereign free grace of Christ, and so what what are these works of service? Works of service is work that is done for the good of others. This work may be material, may be spiritual. It is meeting the needs of others. It is being an instrument in the Redeemer's hand to serve the saints. And so the idea of ministry should not be restrictive in your mind. You should not think that there are people in ministry and there are people who are not in ministry. You have to think of it as a collective body. All of us are in ministry, are in works of service. Ministry must not have an official title. Everyone of us here is being equipped for the work of ministry. The work of ministry can be stacking up these chairs. It is preparing a meal. It is visiting someone... And encouraging them with prayer and the Word of God. It is calling someone on the phone during the week. Ministry service is going out for evangelism. And so the work of service, the work of ministry is endless. And so when you begin to restrict the idea of works of service to only those with titles We cut off ourselves from the kind of life that we are being called. And so when when we talk about ministry, it's not talking necessarily about glorious things. You can be a faithful husband to your wife, a faithful father to your child, and that is part of the work of ministry. That is part of the work of service can be a faithful child, an obedient child, uh, submitting to authority. That is part of the work of service. And so the work of service should encompass everything around you. Your private life, your public life. And so when the work of service is happening in the local church, what is happening? The saints are being equipped. They're serving one another. The body of Christ is being strengthened people can see that this is a place where people love one another people help each other and that is more than just a verbal witness to those around us and so the New Testament concept of ministry is all are involved and this work of service serves a bigger purpose and the ultimate Result ends up to be what? Look at the second thing. Second purpose. The result of it is for the building up the body of Christ. That's the second point. That's the purpose of the gifts. So you have the immediate purpose here. What is God's call ultimately for the body? It is for the edifying of the body of Christ. The word build up means to edify, it means to strengthen, it means to develop, to establish. God's immediate purpose is that his church may be built up. This word is a construction term. Christ says, I will build my church. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Matthew sixteen eighteen. The building here is for the purpose of bringing the saints to a place of maturity. That we will see in verse 13. When Paul is talking about building up, he's not talking about the issue of numerical addition. He's not referring to numbers. He's referring to spiritual growth. This is very important to understand. That God is more concerned about quality than quantity. As we are often concerned about quantity, about numerical growth, man is always concerned about outward success. It's easy for us to, to see these empty chairs and wonder how we wish they, w- they were all filled. But God is not concerned about filling distant. God is more concerned about the spiritual growth of his people. God looks at the heart, man looks at outward appearance. And so, how does this list compare with the aspirations of many pastors out here? Are these the reasons why people are in the ministry? equip the saints for the work of service to build up the body of Christ, are these the reasons why people today go into the ministry but the idea sadly today is how many people can we get into our church we can have this tent full but be an abject failure because I tell you, the church of God is what? Is the assembly of redeemed people. We can look at the numbers, but the Lord looks at the heart. And numerical growth is not necessarily a sign of the blessing of God. Having this tent filled is not necessarily a sign that you've been blessed by God because it's often easy to um, to make some people make a commitment to make a decision for Christ and we can get here we can fill this tent very quickly let me read you John chapter 2 verse 23 an event the life of Jesus he says now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast Many believed in his name, when they saw the signs that he was doing. But Jesus, on his part, did not entrust himself to them, because he knew all people, and needed no one to bear witness about man, for he himself knew what was in man." We are told here that there was this large crowd, and that many people believed in Jesus, Jesus' name. You see, it sounds wonderful and marvelous, what success did our Saviour have there? You wait on the next verses and it's interesting that this belief was shallow, was superficial. These people were only curious for the spectacular signs and wonders. Their interest was only curiosity. The Bible says Jesus did not entrust them. He did entrust himself to them. And so our Lord today is not looking for numbers. He's not interested in quantities. His ultimate purpose for the church is that it might be built up. to may be brought to a place of spiritual maturity. This is God's great goal. This is God's vision for the church. But he has given these gifts for the building up for the body of Christ. And so the work of service is a vital part of the edification of the body. So you have have two roles, you are to be equipped and you are to serve. You are to be equipped for the work of service and you are to serve others. And the focus should be corporate. It has nothing to do with individuals here. Everything is corporate. And so this is a chain of events really that happens. Christ descends, he ascends, living ministry gifts for his people. And those gifts are for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry. And ultimately, the body of Christ is what? Built up. In Acts chapter 20 verse 32, this is Paul speaking to the Ephesian elders. He says, And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. And to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. See it is the Word of God that is able to do what? Build you up. We have to as well realize that if this is the purpose of God, this is the purpose of these gifts in the church, There must be a level of evaluation. I want you to know that as elders, we seriously take the responsibility to equip you for the work of service. It is on the forefront of our minds. And if we are equipping you for the ministry, for the work of ministry, for the work of service, the body of Christ will be strengthened. It will be built up. You see, that is the standard evaluation. That is That is the thermometer to gauge the spiritual health of the church. We have to see whether we are a church that takes care of one another's need. Whether we serve one another. If there is a wedding, if there is a funeral, if there are needy people in our midst, if there are sick people who have not been able to come to church, are we serving them? obviously I'm saying we'll never be perfect but are we growing every member of the church has work to do we have diversified needs yet we have diversified gifts there are people who are gifted to serve in other areas more than others My, my appeal to you this afternoon is that you should not let the work of ministry be in vain. That the work you're doing should be for the building up of the body of Christ. It should not be for yourself. It should be corporate, for the good of others. And so you're part of this body. You have to make contribution for the edification of this body. And then, thirdly, Christian maturity. Christian maturity, this is how this goal will be realized. How we attain this great vision. This is the ultimate goal. The first two are the immediate purpose for these gifts. But the last one in verse 13 is the ultimate goal of these gifts. Paul goes on to tell us, verse 13, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the the fullness of Christ. Paul is telling us that this Christian maturity consists of two things. Notice there that it consists of the unity of the faith. Then secondly, this spiritual maturity consists of the knowledge of the Son of God. The ultimate goal, the ultimate purpose for these gifts will not be achieved individually, until, it says there, until all attain. Until every member of the body of Christ has attained these things, has attained spiritual maturity. The first ultimate goal is the unity of the faith. So Christ has given us these teaching gifts so that all of us may come to the unity of the faith. You may be wondering, is this a contradiction? Because it's told us in verse 4 to 6, That we are one body one spirit that we are one lord one faith one baptism that we are one god and father of all that we must be eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace is this a contradiction the contradiction here is not in reality the unity being spoken here is a unity of degrees. This present moment, the universal church of Christ is united in the faith. And so there are irreducible minimums to those who call themselves Christians. And we see that from verse verse 4 and 6. What we see in verse 13, is that there should be fundamental, foundational truths that must be received, believed for one to be saved. And that's why the body of Christ is united at this present moment in the faith of the gospel. But there are truths that we defer, there are things we still struggle to wrap our minds around. And Paul is saying that it is through the ministry gifts equipping the saints, building up the body of Christ, that we come to a place of unity of the faith. We have to realize that this cannot be attained perfectly. We'll always have differences. And so this is something that is progressing. It is something of degree. It begins at the moment of our salvation, and we continue on until the day we see Jesus Christ. We shall never attain this goal perfectly while we are in this earth. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13.12 For now we see in a mirror dimly But then face to face Now I know in part Then I shall know fully Even as I have been fully known Though we have this immediate revelation Concerning God's great design for the church Yet there are lengths and depths and breadth and heights Of this design which We cannot discover, we cannot unravel. It cannot be known to us in this present imperfect state. Eternity alone can unfold the whole scheme of God's plan through the church. And so there are so many loose ends, so many doctrines that we cannot wrap our minds around. There are so many things that we cannot tie up, things that we cannot reconcile. But on that glorious day, we shall know clearly We shall perfectly attain the unity of the faith. And secondly, notice here that Christian maturity also entails growth in the knowledge of the Son of God. Growth in the knowledge of the Son of God. It consists in the believer attaining knowledge of Christ. And God's ultimate purpose here is that we might come to a deeper knowledge of the Son of God. The word knowledge here is not talking about intellectual, superficial knowledge. It is a thorough understanding of Christ. It is a personal, intimate knowledge of Christ. This is an experiential knowledge. And this is the agenda of God's people, of God to his people. To know experientially the love of Christ which surpasses all knowledge. This is an intimate knowledge. And So it's glorious when we sing, I am thine, O Lord, I have heard your voice, and it told your love to me. But I long to rise in the arms of faith and be closer drawn to you. All this is part of growing into the knowledge of the Son of God. We are to grow in the knowledge of our beloved Son. This is how the church is built up into maturity. As you learn the word of God, where do you get tested for you to attain Christian maturity? It is through trials and tests. It is through trials and tests. Are you able to know whether the word of God can be applied in that situation it's through trial and test that God uses the Word of God to strengthen you and to build you up and to mature you James says count it all joy my brothers when you meet trials of various kinds for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete Lacking in nothing. Colossians 1.28 Him we proclaim warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. The goal is to present every man, every Christian complete in Jesus Christ. And so the goal is not a numerical one. The goal is to present every man complete in Christ. That is why the word of God is used to admonish, to encourage, to teach, to correct. The Word of God is used to increase our knowledge of the Son of God. It says there, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. This is the ultimate goal of these gifts. It is not to serve ourselves, it is for the body corporate these gifts are given to us to equip the saints for the work of ministry when the saints are equipped for the work of ministry they build up the body of Christ the body of Christ is built up two things entailing our our spiritual maturity we attain to the unity of the faith and and secondly we grow in our knowledge of the Son of God I pray that God may sensitize our minds and heart so that we might fulfill this goal as these goals as a church. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We pray that you may help us as a church to rightly use the ministry gifts you've given us for the equipping of the saints, for the building up of the church until all attain spiritual maturity pray that you may help us to may grant us your grace pray that your name may be glorified in all things this we pray in jesus name